Hey there, friends. In Radio Land. In Radio Podcast Space. Electric Airwaves. This is a uh, good friend, John. I'm Sam. And this is episode number 44. 44. Uh, Which Police Radio. Uh, I was there, and I was hosting with uh, a couple Jessies. There was returning guest Jesse Matus from the Kirkwood Brothers. And it's almost like you said the Crooked Brothers. Crooked Brothers. Crooked Brothers. And there was Jesse Workington of Mahogany Frog. Yeah. Who are one of my, well, could be my favorite local band. Yeah, you band. love that band, yeah. Yeah, I tried not to, like, be too uh, super fanny. Like, uh, did, did you know the guy beforehand, or was it just like, hey, I like your band, I want to have you on the well, show? Well, you know, it's someone you guys see around yeah. quite a bit uh, with some similar evening interests. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I asked him a little while ago to, yeah, if you wanted to be on the show. Cool. And he was down kind of a busy guy but he made, made some time the uh the theme for this show was sushi it's a pretty good theme was so, that that was from the random word generator is that yeah. yeah and actually i think i mentioned this at some point like i i went on a random word generator and it was just spouting out these like medical terms yeah. that or like you picked the wrong word generator i definitely I picked yeah. the wrong one it's like trying to be make the most ridiculous random words possible yeah and that doesn't help for the show because I mean, even though it's it's cool to have a really bizarre word and try to find songs related to it, I mean, if it's something like uh, I don't know, infarction or something, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Like, so one of the most coherent, first coherent ones that came out was sushi. Yeah. Um, and yeah, most of our songs are just Japan based. Cool. I couldn't think about all that many that had to do with raw fish per se, but uh, I'm sure there are some out there. I thought there must be, but yeah. We'll leave it to the listener to, to find some. Yeah, I'm excited about doing this one. There's some pretty cool tunes. Um, we talk some sushi. Yeah. <laughs> talk about, uh, you know, being a musician and some other interesting stuff. Yeah. And uh, there's one really long <laughs> long song at one point, so. Okay. And these guys, um, like, I guess, uh, how would you, Mahogany Frog is kind of a jammy, psychedelic kind they, of. Uh, yeah, they're like synth, psych, yeah. uh, instrumental music. And a great, like, live show. They've got a couple people who are kind of switching. There's a crazy keyboard rig. They probably have about five or six synths on stage. And cool. they're switching up between guitars and synths and sometimes playing multiple synths, you know, reaching yep. across and stuff. Yep. And just, like, yeah, crazy onslaughts of, of sound. Cool. It's good good stuff. And they've they've they been putting out records for a long time, right? They're yeah, right. and they've been around even longer than I realized. Uh, we get into it right at the beginning of the episode. Cool. Cool. Get a little background on on what what the deal is with the mahogany frog, and then I guess the other Jesse we've already gone through the background of, of Jesse Matus a number of times. Yeah, but, but do uh, check out the Crooked Brothers. I don't course, know yeah. when, but they'll have a new album coming out at yeah. some point. Yeah, it would definitely They're always working uh, away. I mean, really, Jesse is one of those people that uh, I feel like this show endorses everything he does. Really, I mean, without even knowing what it's going to be yet. Like, yeah, sure. If Jesse's like, I, re- I recorded a new song, I'd be like, great, let's put it on the radio right now. It's awesome, I'm sure. So. Yeah, and pr- you'd probably mention the juice box at some. Oh, I would of course mention. I, I, I would feel yeah, I'd be remiss not to mention the juice box <laughs> in the intro, which you can download from Witch Police. So yeah, so yeah, um, you can follow us on the internet at. Uh, <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> use uh, the Google. Yeah, use the Google. For, no, you can go to <laughs> Uh All the uh, past podcast episodes are there um, with information about the guests and. Uh, you can download and stream them for free. Uh, there's just a lot of music on there by local people um, and non-local people. You can find us on Twitter at WitchPoliceFM, on Facebook.com slash WitchPoliceRadio, and we're on the radio Monday nights, the actual radio, terrestrial radio. Is that what you call it? Terrestrial radio? Because it's not satellite and it's not internet. Yeah. 
Radio Radio at uh, 101.5 UMFM Monday nights at 11 o'clock Central Time PM. And if you're not in Winnipeg and you can't get that, you can go to umfm.com and stream it live. Enjoy the show.
is the... Is there a restaurant? There's an Indian restaurant, The Taste of India ended up opening another place right there. Yeah, because it's an Indian couple that bought the building. But I don't think there's another venue going on. I met a guy who stayed in the hostel like two days ago. Oh, yeah. He was at Falcon Lake when I was there and staying with your sister. She like just met him at the gas station. He's from New Zealand. Are you in love with his sister? I know. Well, I love his sister, but I'm not in love with his sister. Kind of the same way I love John. But have you guys known each other for a long time? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Twenty years. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Like that. How long have you known his sister for? The same length of time. Yes. I think we may have known each other longer than that. How old is your sister? Because her parents were in a babysitting co-op together. <laughs> yeah. They used Basically, since we were like three. Oh, that's years true. Old. Yeah. Yeah. So that would have been like closer to 28 years or something. Right. Three years old. You don't really know here. So I would have known Christine her whole life. Yeah, because she's like two she's years younger. younger yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Two years younger. How old are you? 31. How old are you? 31. We went to school together. Wow, you guys are old. How old are you? Well, I'm 34, but I'm <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just, it seem like you wouldn't be 31. Mm-hmm. That's nice. We're doing, like, mature things, like making wine and uh, <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> Pre-recording radio. So this is for UMFM. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe I should introduce. I've got it recording here. Uh, oh. welcome, welcome to the Witch Police Radio. Uh, episode number 40-something. It's getting, the podcast is getting old. Um, I'm here with uh, a couple Jessies. This is regular host John. I'm here with uh, previous guest Jesse Matus, who you would know from a previous episode of the podcast, who you might also know as one third of the Crooked Brothers. Jesse seems to have lost a line. His line. We'll find it. It'll turn out. No shit. You're in the Crooked Brothers. It's true. And that other voice is uh, the other Jesse, who's uh, Jesse Warkington. Currently of Mahogany Frog. And are you in other projects, Jesse? Um, <coughs> right now I'm playing with the Surprise Party. Yeah. And that's uh, and Mahogany Frog. Nice. Yeah. All right, well, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Uh, for listeners who, for whatever reason, might not have heard the podcast before, uh, we usually generate a random word with a random word generator to come up with a theme. This week's theme is uh, sushi. <laughs> Which um, maybe we'll get to in a second. Maybe uh, Jesse, I want to ask you a bit about uh, your band there, the Mahogany Frog, if you don't mind. Because you guys have been—how long have you guys been around? You've been around for a little while. Um, Dragon Roll. Ah. And uh, you know we've been around for uh, for California Roll. <laughs> <laughs> Another good one. Yeah. Sushimi. I believe it might be sashimi. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, we've been playing since our first show is in 1998. Really? Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah, so that was our. That's when we started in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Okay. Although our first show was actually in Osler, where you were uh, talking about this gong before, man. Yeah. Also from an Osler. The Osler Gong. 
So you, yeah, where? Uh, how big is Osler? It's got to be pretty small. I uh, think maybe maybe one thousand people or so, just north of Saskatoon. Okay. On the Highway Eleven. Nice. Um, yeah, I can't remember the first time I heard Mahogany Frog, but it would have been sometime in the 2000s. Uh, and I remember like, having my mind blown away when I first saw you guys. Could have been the show at the mansion with Ben Sinister. Well, that was that was a pretty epic show, but I'd, I'd been a fan for a while before then. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's the most like memorable of you know older shows. I don't really remember when that was. Why was that one so memorable for anyone <coughs> who was, didn't catch it? Well, I mean, we were crushed into the small little plant room, so it was, uh, and we, we fenced we fenced off the crowd with our keyboard rigs so no one could get in. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, it seemed like there was, yeah, there was lots of, lots of people and we were on mushrooms. Right. That can and there was augment lots of people experience. <laughs> crowded into the... Yeah, so you have to picture like a, a pretty, not a small room, but a small enough room, but one that was jam-packed with, you know, all sorts of plants and greenery. Yeah. And then you guys just sort of interspersed in there. Also, a very cool thing about that show is that, like, the other band, Ben Sinister, played in a different part of the house. Yeah. And so they played, you know, in a different room. And then there wasn't, you know, the whole, like, setup, teardown time in between. You guys were kind of set up. People kind of made their way over. And then, yeah. yeah. And Ben Sinister was... Uh, got a bunch of funding from from the government of Canada and CBC and things like that to make a big documentary called The Bend in the Road. Mm. And it was uh, a documentary that followed them across the country. But uh, after their first or second show, their bass player quit <laughs> and they had to follow through with this documentary. So their kind of their, their driver slash road manager guy. Yeah. Ended up learning all the bass parts between uh, <laughs> between what Kelowna and Calgary, and played them all on the keyboard. <laughs> he like learned them all on, on, a, on a synth in the van, and then uh, and then started playing with them at, like later that day. <laughs> Crazy. Great. And the the documentary covers it too. I was gonna say because when you're when you're shooting a documentary, I think maybe you kind of hope something slightly dramatic will happen, but that's not a very good dramatic thing to have happen. Like lose a crucial member of your group. And then, and then at the end of the documentary, like the camera guy follows Ben Sinister to the bass player's house, and they knock on his door uh, after the tour, and he's all sheepish and apologizing. It's, hmm. it's a pretty funny, uh, funny thing. That sounds great. Sounds like I want to see that documentary. Bend in the road. Right on. So, um, I'm curious too, just. Jesse uh, of the Crooked Brothers and I were talking before you got here about um, they're kind of putting a, a new album together and um, cut a bunch of songs to keep it under 38 minutes. Uh huh. Um, you mean to put it on vinyl? Is that the idea? Mm -hmm. That was the idea. Mm -hmm. But also to like, I well maybe you can explain the, the reasoning. Uh, I guess just to keep the vinyl quality um, good. I guess under 38 minutes means you don't have to sa sacrifice any quality in the vinyl. Mm -hmm. um, you have to cut the grooves They're more uh, narrow. narrower if yeah. you have more than 38 minutes, I guess, and you lose bass frequencies that way. Yeah. 
So they say. Yeah, I I think like from from what I've experienced, I mean like the hey, you guys have cut vinyl too, right? Like yeah, and the first the, uh, the first like the first one was only <coughs> probably thirty five minutes long, um, and then the second one we did was like in the fi- like fifty two minutes or something. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean if you look at old vinyl. Like there's long albums. Yeah, there's long albums for sure. And I think a lot of a lot of the time when people are mastering for vinyl, especially if it's like a electronic label that's manufacturing vinyl, they'll they'll uh, recommend that you only have 13 minutes per side or whatever because they want the the volume to match that mm. of CDs for like DJs and radio and stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think I think it can be louder and more bassy like there's more frequencies but uh it's probably a pretty minuscule difference when it comes down to it yeah if you don't mind like a nice quiet crackly yeah shitty sounding <laughs> record you can put like an hour on each side maybe. yeah <laughs> yeah i guess when you when you get down to it like most people aren't playing on like the top of the line like stereophonic system so Right. Yeah, they can turn the bass up on their stereos. As well. And when it comes <laughs> down to it, you're in theory just cutting the shitty songs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> trim, trim the fat. Just, that's yeah. the most important thing. Hey, did you play at Harvest Moon this last week? Yeah, I heard that you guys were very good. It was awesome. That was a great festival. Yeah. Have you guys played there before? No, no. I attended about six years ago. It was really, really fun. I didn't go this year. I heard that it was very well attended Mm -hmm. it sold out for the first year ever I think Hmm. which is kind of neat I'd heard that like I was kind of humming and hawing about going and someone mentioned (coughs) that they thought it would sell out I thought people just like they put that word out there to encourage more ticket buying but that's pretty great that they they actually did Mm -hmm. it's interesting for a small festival to have to deal with uh, capacity issues which is pretty opposite from the Winnipeg Folk Fest where they're continuously trying to grow and expanding, yeah. expanding every year and most festivals I think try to expand but like for a small festival like that they can't accommodate any more people and was there more than one stage or just there's one? two stages and I mean I guess you can always expand if you make more stages and and make more space clear more area but it's a it's kind of a decision yeah I mean part what of ca- what kind of festival yeah you part of the have. appeal is the quaintness of it, or like you know, it's not a folk fest where you're. It's a huge sprawl of, of space and people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of intimacy to it. Do you guys know Ryan Clatt? Yeah, he's a half Japanese. Uh, actually, he made me sushi one time. Hey, I had sushi at his house one time too. Yeah, he's a good sushi maker. Mm-hmm. Half Japanese guy. Yeah, <laughs> also a band. I was thinking about playing today. Yeah, but I don't know their music well enough. Ha- half Japanese. Weezer sings about half Japanese girls. Yeah. Yeah. Do and they do every it time. to him every time. Him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, out at uh, the Shine On... No, uh, that, that Harvest Moon Festival. Like, he flies in a machine, hey? Yeah. And, yeah, he, and he runs with a big gasoline-powered fan on his back and launches himself uh, off of the ground with a big parachute that catches the air and he can and he's very maneuverable on that thing but he last year flew under with that thing flew under the train bridge no way wow 
Because I know he's, yeah, I've, I don't see him around too much, but <laughs> so if I ask him what he's been up to, he's like, oh, practicing with the flying machine. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he has a pretty interesting life doing, you know, dividing his time between that and playing music with whales. <laughs> pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard the, he tries, he plays music with whales up in no. Churchill? No, no, no I haven't heard that. They got a whole bunch of funding this year and they, they, they bought a big Zodiac and built a big stage on it and then they have like underwater microphones and underwater speakers and they they have performances on the stage on the zodiac and broadcast these like <laughs> live like operatic singers and 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 acoustic performances yeah or just down. jam it out that's for the belugas <laughs> for there. the beluga whales yeah. and then and then record their responses and he's trying to document a uh, the, the response of music with beluga whales yeah and are they are they responding like uh, is there i'm sure that you can sounds? convince yourself that they are <laughs> i'm sure they, they probably are they probably hear it and <coughs> they probably yeah oh they definitely hear it and like i think there is an i heard a piece on the radio about it i don't i don't remember the details but yeah i think depending on what you're doing like you'll get a different response yeah. which you know is but it's good that's as much proof as you're going to get if like you can sort of manipulate how they respond based on what you do. I mean, it's all like whale squeals. So, is there a, read into it a little bit? Is there a beluga sushi? Ooh, I think that's probably banned in this country. Probably prob banned here, and would probably be pretty <laughs> high in mercury, I'd imagine. But what uh, what do people use Why for is that? Uh, just the I think beluga have one of the highest bioaccumulations of mercury just because they're kind of big big marine mammals uh -huh. and they accumulate pretty fast in water mercury uh -huh. mercury counts oh, so yeah. i think that in the st lawrence there some belugas are actually toxic if you wow. eat them hmm. but also a lot of people eat them so have you guys ever tried to sing baby beluga by raffi in a minor key like Tom Waits? I've tried to sing it like Tom Waits, actually. I've <laughs> <laughs> heard this guy do that. <laughs> can, can we get one? Baby Beluga. That's all you got. But, yeah. That's a Rafi. Check it out in a minor key. In a minor key. <clears throat> Have you heard such a version? Baby Beluga in the deep blue sea. Swims so wild and he swims so free. The heaven above and the sea below. It's a little white whale on the go. Baby Baluga. Hey? Yeah, it works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> so this is a. Actually, okay, I wanted to ask a little bit more about Mahogany Frog because <laughs> he was actually a pretty good singing voice. <laughs> well, thanks. Man. And Mahogany Frog is an instrumental band, which, yeah. um, you know, synth-based in your, you know, just blasting out crazy musics. Have you guys ever had any vocals to any of your, your stuff? Maybe yeah, well, when we first started, we had a uh, husband and wife duo on bass and drums. And uh, and the dude on bass, Nathan Lowen, used to sing. So our first our first sort of demo that we had um, has some singing on it. Mm -hmm. It's fairly Christian, actually. Oh, the like the lyrics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
He was a uh, youth pastor at the Osler Mennonite Church. All right. I had sushi there once. <laughs> <laughs> Bet there wasn't whale in it. <laughs> and then his wife moved away for a year, so we ended up uh, getting John Paul, uh, J.P. Perron mm-hmm. on drums. So there was a, a couple of years where where Nathan Lowen was on bass and J.P. was playing drums with us, and we still had vocals hmm. for some songs at that point. Okay. And then... Uh, and then finally, when we moved to Winnipeg, uh, we actually wrote. Yeah, we had we had a collection of songs. Like we almost we were kind of sitting on it. But we have like a almost a, an album worth of tunes that has that has vocals. We sing like uh, they kind of sound like Sloan. Yeah, we have harmonies. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I mean, ever since, just straight up, yeah, and guitar. Yeah, I it was never really a conscious thing though, you know. Yeah, I don't know. On our first album, there's some singing. Okay, I don't, I've, I don't think I've ever heard it then. Yeah, Mahogany yeah. Frog plays the blues. Mm-hmm. Maybe my roommate has it. We'll, we'll find out. We try to keep that one in the bag usually. Okay. And the in the and the EP that came before that made mm-hmm. quite a splash in Roster in Saskatchewan back in 2000, but. Uh, but we keep that one in, in the in the secret bag as well. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The um one of the other the co-hosts uh, for the show here, Sam Thompson, runs uh, like a music blog called Witch Police. That's why this is Witch Police Radio. Um, and he's big into a lot of people who used to play music around here in like the '90s or something. He has bags of tapes. Yeah. And he has some music from artists who are actually legitimate like musicians now, making a living playing music. And he's got these early tapes of theirs th- that, you know, I don't think they'd ever want <laughs> getting the light of day because, yeah, <coughs> it'd be pretty, pretty embarrassing. Although, he <laughs> anyway, like Jesse was a, an episode on a previous episode, and we are guest on a previous episode, <laughs> and we played some earlier uh, stuff by you, but I don't think you're ashamed of any of your. No, I mean, work. there's some stuff that that I'm okay with still letting out in the world, yeah. and there's certain tapes that I want to destroy and burn and erase from the history of humankind and I know like every once in a while I run into people that like you know somebody who was at one of our shows I don't know like 15 years ago or something like that and and uh I didn't even know this person back then I've just like got to know them in the last year and somehow they know a friend of a friend it's kind of like a Winnipeg thing and they have this album Go over to your house and destroy that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, more, one more gone. Yeah. <coughs> All right. Well, maybe we should get into a, a song here. Uh, so yeah, again, the the theme is sushi. Uh, Jesse, did you have anything in mind, or do you want to play off the top? Um. Yeah. I have a. Uh, a tune by Plastic Fantastic Machine, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't mind playing. I think they're from Japan, aren't they? They very well could be. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a, a quick loungy number. Nice. Okay. Do you know the the name? Uh, no, we'll have to look on that 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 flash drive. Okay. Well, we'll get back to the audience uh, right after this. Thank you. 
Canadian marijuana with them, and <laughs> at one point the uh, the bass player, he was like, we were driving in the van, and we just got them really high, and and they were like, all of a sudden they're like, please stop, please stop, and we looked around, and the bass player was like totally green. He was like. <sighs> <laughs> and he was sweating and and so he ran outside and started barfing on the street and the other two guys were like standing on each side of him rubbing his back as he was <laughs> barfing it was so so cute so we ended up uh, so they ended up like sharing a bunch of our music with a whole bunch of bands and uh and and they were trying to get us to come to Japan for a while and our bass player we didn't go as a band but our bass player went out there and uh played some shows with those guys and brought back a whole bunch of cool music and yeah, lots of cool. shows. Right on. So yeah. that was a fantastic plastic machine. And that was a song off the album Luxury. Yeah. And that was Theme of Luxury. Very, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I feel energized just having listened to it. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Um, so what kind of, yeah, that's pretty neat to, uh, I haven't been to Japan either. I bet there's all sorts of crazy music over there that, you know, you might be able to find if you dig around know, with the internet, yeah. but how do you ever know? Yeah, man. So, Jesse, what's your, <laughs> what's your favorite sushi roll? What's your favorite roll? Mm, probably the, the stop, drop, and. Yeah, I mean, good in case of an emergency. Yeah. Um. <laughs> how about you guys? I, I like the rock end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John. Um. I like the uh, the Anna. Mm, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. It feels good that one. Yeah, it feels just right. What about uh, favorite local sushi spots? Hmm. Well. I've got one. Um, I've kind of been frequenting a sushi joint with uh, my girlfriend since before we were dating. It's kind of part of the reason we're dating is these little dates we'd have at Kenko Niwa on Corden Avenue. She works at the Nature Conservancy right on, uh, on Corden. So this was the closest restaurant to there. I'd meet her for lunch and... And uh, my favorite role from there, actual role, uh, probably my favorite that I've had in the city is the love love. Oh. Two loves in one role. It's It's a good role. There's a, there's so much on it. I can't even begin. Wow. Begin to explain. Nice. I, I, I need to check it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued. So you're saying that sushi can really, like, bring people together. I guess so. You're with your girlfriend I'm because with of... my girlfriend. Partly because of sushi. Mm-hmm. Best to enjoy with <coughs> others. I mean, eating sushi by yourself is not really... You know, it's almost a faux pas in a way. Like, you could get... You, you could go to a... You could order for takeout and maybe just order, like, two rolls, and I think they'll still give you, like, the two chopsticks. Because, like, what are you doing eating sushi by yourself? Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I never thought about that, but I think you're right. Well, a lot of, I don't know if it's a lot of Japanese foods. I, I was in Korea for a while, and most of the foods there, I mean, you can go to a restaurant by yourself, but it's a little 
it's not very common. You usually have to go with other people because there's so many shared things. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same with sushi, I think. It's like going out for Indian food, too, where you want to order more variety. You need the actual people to be able to eat it all. Yeah, not like, I'm going to get a burger for me. (laughs) (laughs) Not sharing any of these fries. But it's kind of like McDonald's, too, you know? Like, you you go to McDonald's and you... You want to get a Big Mac and some chicken McNuggets. <laughs> <laughs> so you wanna yeah, because the McDonald's doesn't last. You have to, you got to eat it then and there. Otherwise, you can't eat a chicken McNugget like after it's cooled <laughs> off. You're in, you're in trouble <laughs> at that point. Sushi uh, at one point brought a, uh, ban- a band together uh, of, of in the... In the uh, in the olden days, there was this man named John Nuclear. You guys heard of this guy? He was quite a notorious uh, yeah. uh, party animal punk rocker, singer of a band called the Insaniacs, hmm. and uh, <coughs> the Insaniacs broke up. His name was John Campbell, but uh, for his twenty twenty fifth birthday, I think he he legally changed his name. To Jonathan Wolfgang Nuclear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I think in maybe about 2000, 2008 or so, he worked at uh, Yuki Sushi on Main Street in the McLaren Hotel. Yeah. Which is a uh, pretty good sushi. B- yeah. Oh yeah. It's a very unusual place for a decent sushi restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been. Yeah, I used to go there once in a while. He convinced me while he was working. I went to, yeah, I went to eat sushi and hang out with him there. Mm-hmm. Didn't seem like there was ever anyone in there. Yeah, it's not a very popular place. No, maybe it's popular for takeout. People don't want to hang around. Yeah, yeah. But he asked me. Uh, he asked me to start a band with him while he was working at Yuki Sushi. Hmm. So we started a band called the Summer of Legs. <laughs> we were around for about two years. Hmm. For two summers. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, other Jesse, do you want to? Uh, you have a song you want to play? Sure. Um, well, I guess when when I was asked to choose a song about sushi yesterday, um, I thought about Japan, kind of like we all did, I guess. Um, I don't think anybody really found a song that has anything to do with sushi. Uh, I didn't. Did you? (coughs) Um, I'm not, I I don't think so. Yeah. I thought, I tried to think of one. So let me get this straight. You load up a random word program and it just gives you a word and you have to... Well, yeah, to be, you know, to be honest with the, uh, the listener here, the, the random word generator that I happened to go to was spouting off a lot of medical jargon. <laughs> Just words that didn't mean anything. Like, I had to look them up, and even then, like, I didn't know the definition. But, yeah, sushi was, like, the first coherent word that it, it spouted out at me. Well, anyway, I looked <laughs> up uh, songs from Japan, and I was asking my mom. My mom actually lived in Japan. Yeah, I found that out today. Her four years when she was six to nine years old I guess her dad was in the the Air Force and they're stationed there from 60 to 64 
And uh, during that time was, I think, the first um, the first Asian singer to hit number one on the Billboard charts was Q Sakamoto. And uh, he came out with the song... Uh, Oh, I forget the song name. But we'll figure it out. Purple the song Haze. is it's not Purple Haze, but it came out around the same time. Um, possibly influenced by probably not. <laughs> <clears throat> so this song uh made it number 1 on the Billboard charts and then was covered by uh, A Taste of Honey uh in 1981 in English. But all the words were changed um, and didn't, like, weren't a translation at all. Mm -hmm. I was listening to this song and kind of thinking, oh, this song's really awful, but I know every word. <clears throat> Why do I know the words to this song? So I was, like, looking on Wikipedia, and I couldn't find anybody who covered it or any movie it had been in that I recognized. I'm like, Why do I know? You know when you just, like, are listening yeah. to a song, you just sing along. Yeah. And, uh... I found way at the bottom of Wikipedia that Snoop Dogg sampled it <laughs> in Lottie Dottie. And uh, that's where I knew the song from. So kind of came came around. I was listening to this Listen song to in my youth. My mom was listening to the song in her youth. Yeah. So why not? Here's uh, the unnamed song. This is the second unnamed song. By Q. By Q. Sakamoto. Kanashimiwa 
Sukiyaki by Q Sakamoto. And, uh, oh, I had something to say about it, but I forgot. I'm gonna have that in my head. Well, this, just, this is just on uh, YouTube. Um, so, wait, it was the covered version that Snoop sampled? Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we could play a little clip from that. From the Snoop? Uh, from Snoop or A Taste of Honey. Either one, I think they're pretty similar. Okay. I'd rather hear Lottie Dottie. The other one's pretty bad. I'm kind of curious. <laughs> I guess the that original version, the lyrics are talking about uh, a guy who's crying and holding his head in the sky so that his tears don't fall. Hmm. Oh, man. Pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Apparently they're writing about uh, Japanese-American relations but then kind of generalized it so it could be about a relationship too, or whatever. Did he say eat a dick? Oh yeah. Pretty sure these are the same lyrics in Japanese. <laughs> 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 so I don't know. The other one. It could, it's just like one verse in there somewhere. Oh, I know the, what's the woman singing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we can have this in the background. <laughs> we'll snoop in the background. Recently, uh, oh, no, yeah, well, no, never mind. Eddie Murphy did <laughs> some sort of crazy. Uh, I saw him, like a video of him singing. He's doing like reggae. Snoop Lion. Well, the Snoop Lion, but Eddie Murphy as well has gone to the yeah started singing. Really? I don't know the deal. That sounds bad. So I, think, I don't know. Who am I? Really judge before I hear. Remember uh, Good Morning America? I remember that vaguely, yeah. It's a pretty hilarious movie. Was Eddie Murphy? Yeah. And he, and he, he's some sort of like Zulu king or something like that, and he ends up going to New York, New York to try to get in touch with his, his oh, fellow yeah. brethren or something, and he ends up 
Alright. You I took your dope away from me? Yeah, yeah. I think it is. That's part of it. I don't think so. Maybe not. Alright. <laughs> so that song traveled a long way. Yeah. Yeah, Jesse, you're talking about um, one of your other band members and, uh, you know, he's getting into uh, the surf music and then having, like, some interesting surf stuff from Japan. And this would have happened when, like, you know, before internet and, and stuff like that, when someone, some surfer dudes from the States or something would, would have had to have gone to try to find, like, a sweet surf spot in Japan. Possibly. And then have, had some tapes or something with them. Like, I like that sort of, like, sort of organic passing of musical interest. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that the the Japanese, like, he, yeah, he is in a, in a surf band, and they've been looking for all sorts of uh, interesting surf songs. You know, they, do, they don't want to just play a whole whack load of ventures the whole time, so they, they've been looking for, uh, for interesting surf tunes, and they, and they, came upon a, a surf music scene from Japan in um, in the 60s, uh, shortly after the Americans started playing this music and uh, the Japanese were trying to replicate some of these sounds. And the Greek as well, the Greek, uh, some some Greek surf bands. No way. And, the, and, and when you listen to some of these things, it's like, sure, it's, it sounds surfy and it has the, uh, the Vox or Farfisa organs playing the the parts and it's all jangly but but they also kind of use what they know their their uh, their modes and their scales so <laughs> like so, so it still sounds super japanese right it sounds like uh and the the greek one is super awesome i i, I wish i knew the uh the band name hmm. well i guess miserlu is a greek folk song eh like uh the dick dale the kind of his most famous song from pulp fiction is a just an old Greek folk tune. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. Wow. There's there's that cross pollination too. Yeah, I didn't know that. I Which guess like also the kind of the way the the mandolin and bazooki are played in Greece, like a lot of tremolos and it's kind of kind of a natural like progression in stuff. a way, like you know Dick Dale and surf guitarists with the crazy tremolos and yeah like mandolins do that anyway mm -hmm. pretty interesting yeah i like that taking like a style and using whatever you grew up with or know and then trying something else but you yeah have to like infuse it with you know your own what you learned in the first place like sushi pierogies whoa yeah or like a nice bowl of sushi borscht. Mm. Has anybody made a sushi out of like a, what's that uh that pasta that's rice shaped? Orzo. Orzo. No. There you go. Is it a pasta or is it a grain? I don't know. It seems like a pasta, seems but I've like heard that it's that it's. A, Orzo is a, an actual grain, like kind of like rice or something. Hmm. Hmm. Or like any grain, like buckwheat sushi or something. Yeah. 
I mean, you'd have to get sticky buckwheat. That'd be delicious. But that would be, yeah, that would be really good. Put some fried turnips in there. <laughs> Maybe some quinoa sushi. Yeah. Yeah. With some Saskatoon berries <coughs> in there. Sounded like a dessert sushi. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a dessert sushi. I think the, uh, what's the flavor? Umami? That's like the, you know, there's like sweet, sour, mm. salt, salty, spicy, and umami. I think umami is like, that's what sushi is supposed to be uh, based around. That type of flavoring. <laughs> but I've never had like a sweet, sweet, sweet sushi. sushi. Yeah, I've never had that either. <laughs> Okay, so wait a minute. There, wh what are these flavor types? There's sweet. It's like what you, yeah, sweet, salty, s salty, sour, sour, spicy. I think I made that. I don't think spicy <laughs> is one of them. It should be savory. Sure. Savory. But Ooh. savory would be kind of like, wouldn't that be salty sort of? Or? Yeah, mm. and like I would say, sushi is savory most of the time, right? Maybe not. Maybe sushi, it's got its own. I'm, I like asparagus I'm, is supposed to be the fifth uh, taste. Yeah, it's holding it. <laughs> it's got, a, got it all. Or MSG, too. I've heard that also. I love MSG. Tastes really good. My parents live in Prague in the Czech Republic, and they have uh, shakers of, of MSG so on the put, tables. Just put it on whatever you're eating, pretty much. Yeah, make everything taste awesome. Huh. It's got a bad rap, hey? Is it bad for you? What's the deal? Well, it's bad for people that are allergic to it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's mostly what that's it is. It? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I've heard. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it does have a bad rap. I thought you were, you know, I thought it sounds like something that you're not supposed to have, but yeah, maybe it's no big deal. Maybe we should be having uh, MSG on everything. Yeah, they should make, like, MSG milkshakes and... Like a shot. We should do a shot of MSG. <laughs> Flavor explosion. Right on. Should I play a song? I can play a song. Yeah, we haven't heard one from you. Um, well, yeah, like, I, I thought of just Japan, of course, with the sushi theme. I was going to play a song by the band uh, Japan. Uh, so I've been listening to their, uh, I've got their first record. It's pretty pretty good. It's kind of rocking. Um but then, you know, I, I looked up Japan on, on the Wikipedia there, and it turns out that the uh, the main guitarist from Japan collaborated with uh, a Japanese musician from Yellow Magic Orchestra, and they did this while they're, like, both, like, the uh, Japan, the band, I think they finished, like, shortly after these guys started collaborating, but they were still both in their respective bands and just happened to, uh, to collaborate. Uh, I forget the guy from Japan, uh, Yellow Magic Orchestra's name. It's Ryuki Sakamoto and uh, David Sylvian. So they came out with, uh, I think it was just like an, L an EP called Bamboo Music. And uh, yeah, I'm going to play a, a song called Bamboo Houses. Looking forward to it. Let's check it out.
Alright, that was Bamboo Houses by uh, David Sylvian and Ryuki Sakamoto. I swear I've heard that name before. Yeah, so I think, like, I think Yellow Magic Orchestra is still making music. They're not a band I know very much about. I started, like, looking into their stuff after finding out about this song. I really like it. I was playing some of it before you, you got here, and it's very, a lot of it's, like, very happy. <laughs> and if you read, like, you can, you know, you can listen to, like, entire albums just off the uh, the YouTube there. Um, if you read, like, sort of what instruments go into their recording, it's just, like, a drool-worthy amount of, like, awesome synthesizers and, and stuff. It's pretty pretty cool-sounding stuff. And, yeah, pretty fun. So nice. a band that I want to, you know, check out for sure. And then um, the band Japan, I uh, I think I played a song of theirs off our like inaugural Witch Police Radio episode, and uh, read at the time that like later in their, you know, by their fifth or sixth album, they started getting very electronic and doing, going in a different direction. And I never did check that music. Like I've only have I've only listened to this one album. I never really got around to checking out their other stuff. So yeah, got some music listening homework to do. Right on, man. Yeah. Want to, uh, you want to blast some green milk from the planet orange from Tokyo? I think that's a great idea. We don't have to listen to the whole song, but they have this, uh, they have a tune off of their, uh, off of their album, uh, City, uh, man, I forget the name of the song and the album. It's on that computer. They have a wicked riff, man. A yeah. wicked riff. <laughs> and it's like a like a twenty minute song, but we can try to get to the get that riff in there. Get the th get to the thick of things. And he starts screeching away in Japanese. <laughs> it's awesome. The album here is uh, "City Calls Revolution." Yeah. What's yeah. the first tune on there? And the first song is "Concrete City." Does yeah. That Concrete City Breakdown, I think it is. Oh, it is Concrete City Breakdown, yeah. <laughs> when, uh, like, when are these guys... <coughs> when is this from? Um, I think that record's from 2005 or 2006. Okay. 2005 or something. All right. Yeah, let's check it out. Concrete City Breakdown. Yeah. Green Milk from the Planet Orange.
Ghost of my boundaries concrete. Nobody does know. Even our minds are cut out of the concrete. Same that we're enjoying the joys of freedom. But it's all lies. Because we are just functioning as a part of the system of production. Reinforcing the side. That's all things we do. Our animal instincts are exploited with roundabout odors. Now I do this completely buried in concrete. Can you really see this endless concrete city? We have to break through the controlled concrete. We need a power, it's not oppression. Its power liberates us from the system. We need to say goodbye to the old exhausted system. Freedom not been finished yet. So now we are hearing the voice. Longs for liberation, no people from the red, red.
All right, that was a Concrete City Breakdown by Green Milk from the Planet Orange. Yeah. Pretty pretty badass. It's <laughs> badass, man. Pretty badass. badass. Uh, which is juxtaposed directly by their very polite demeanors as as people. Yeah. So so during the song Jesse was talking about like having played some shows with them, um, what's what's like their story from what you know? I don't I, I don't exactly know what their story is, but they they're uh you know, they're they're progressive rock enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. And they and they uh basically worship uh yes and soft machine and stuff and they and they um they thought that they were going to uh, reinvent pre- like their website w- kept uh, stating that they were the new wave of progressive rock, progressive rock. <laughs> and did they? Did, did it happen? What happened? Or what are they doing? That's you know, progressing the progressive rock. They toured Platform. in the states. They toured and toured and uh, and then eventually uh, they were looking for another bass player or something and. Um, I think they just stopped playing. They just broke up, I think. Mm-hmm. But maybe they... Uh, I, I think that they were sort of in the... in the Like, really in the scene there for a while. And there was a, a lot of bands in Japan that were... That were doing sort of crazy instrumental um, music that was... And, and they were kind of at the forefront of this, like, progressive music scene in, in Tokyo. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh man, cool. Well, I think um, have we have we covered sushi. Well and good. Hey, like, do you guys like sushi, man? Do you like you guys like sushi that has the rice outside of the seaweed or the seaweed outside of the rice better? I think that I like the rice outside. I think that, like, generally I just like those rolls more. I don't know if it's the actual rice outside that I like, but it's those rolls always seem to be better to me. I don't know. Because when you're biting through the, the seaweed, it's sort of like, it, it's got that snappy you texture. Be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's sort of like, you know, as soon as your teeth sink in there, the, the the roll sort of explodes in your mouth or whatever, and it's it's nice, but yeah, it certainly is different than. But like the rice on the outside of the seaweed, seems to defy the laws of physics almost, you know. How's it staying there? Yep. I guess it is somewhat sticky. It is sticky rice. Yeah, but it's not wetted. They don't wet it. it just <laughs> sticks together with the moisture that's already there. Yeah, that's crazy. There's an art to it. There's a there's a movie that I haven't seen, but that I, I think I read about it, about. Uh, I don't know if it's just about sushi. Oh yeah, no, it's totally about this guy in Japan who has like a little window shop, you know, in like the stairway to a subway. But he's famous, world famous for his sushi. And the you know documentarian or wh- filmmaker went to some sort of a big conference, t- you know, following him around, and there was an old sort of respected looking you know a man at this thing that everyone seemed to uh, be paying homage to and being very respectful towards and so he asked someone hey you know like who's this guy that everyone's you know like looking at 
And the person was like, he mastered rice. <laughs> and that was, he just, he could, he'd mastered rice. I think it's such like a fine art when you really get into it. Oh, when you get into, you know, how you cut the fish and every aspect of it, I think, is a <coughs> get very, very subtle, very specific. Mm -hmm. I have a friend in, uh, in Moncton who's uh, Acadian. And um, he has a sushi place, and he runs it. The sound of sushi fish getting ready to be cut. <laughs> and um, he's coming up with a lot of flack because he's Canadian running a sushi place. Hmm. Like, he's had a lot of people boycott his place from the Japanese community. There's he's quite he's a not a... Japs in uh, Moncton? I don't actually know, but uh, the ones that are, like, there's a few sushi places and there's some people who refuse to eat at his place because he's not Japanese. Mm -hmm. Racists, eh? Like, yeah, it's serious. kind of racist. Because like. take it from, like, his perspective, he probably really respects and enjoys Japanese food and sushi in, in particular, and to sort of throw it back in his face as a, you know, how dare you? Who do you think you are? I don't know. He's mm, trying like to celebrate to celebrate That's Japanese right. culture and in turn. <coughs> he's Unless he's doing like a half job of it or something. Uh, yeah, I ate there. It's not like he's not like doing you know, mango pickle rolls. Like he's <laughs> like he's doing good sushi and he's the doing rolls that I've seen elsewhere too and like not doing like cheeseburger rolls right. and mm -hmm. cornflake rolls. Yeah, this isn't like uh, you know, Japan, Canadian cuisine. <laughs> fusion, yeah. <laughs> fusion, yeah. Sushi fusion. He's doing a good job, but uh, that was an interesting thing that I didn't really know existed in Canada, too. Moncton, New Brunswick is the hometown of uh, Eric's Trip and Elevator, the Elevator to Hell bands with Rick White. You really? Know? Yeah. Bitchin, I didn't know uh, that. That's cool. bands, eh? That's a great town, Moncton. Yeah. Good folks. Mm. Good sushi. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, went for sushi uh, one time. Well, it wasn't even like it was a Korean <coughs> barbecue restaurant, uh, all-you-can-eat sort of buffet in uh, Calgary, right on, on the number one highway on like 16th or whatever it's called. And mm. and so that you, you ordered each piece, sort of like you, you wrote it on this where you check these boxes on this card or whatever, and they would bring you whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And and when you finished it, you can check another box, and they would swing by and look at your card and bring you another thing. And they had the uh, sashimi, uh, sashimi the, uh, just the chunks of raw fish or yeah. whatever. Mm. If you ordered a sashimi, you know, like a tuna or something, um, they said to you, well, you have to eat the whole thing or else we're going to charge you for, for it you know and it was included in the buffet unless you didn't finish it mm -hmm. in which case uh you know and you, you kind of get thinking well that you know they just don't want to waste food or whatever yeah. so they bring this this like just plat like they must there must have been like 24 big chunks Wait. of this fucking, <laughs> you know and That's they're saying unfair. like you have to like eat it all usually, yeah usually if you order sashimi it's like a piece yeah one piece or two pieces yeah, yeah. small so in our thriftiness, you know, and 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 uh, the lady I was with didn't want to eat it, 
So I had to eat like, you know, a <laughs> pound and a half of raw fish. And I was, uh, yeah, like my, my ass was exploding for about, for about two days. Yeah. Cause like, that's crazy. I've heard of like the whole. <laughs> in Calgary, no less. In Calgary, no less. <laughs> to make I've, things I, worse. Yeah. I've heard of like the sort of you pay for what you can't eat thing. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I get it. But like. Sashimi's it was a trick. Yeah, sashimi is not usually even included with the buffets. Usually, that's like even an extra that's expense tricky. to be giving away platters of raw cut fishes. Pretty exceptional. Kind of want to go there now. Now that I know, <laughs> <laughs> knowing ahead of time, different story. But yeah, Calgary is where the uh, Western Canadian Music Awards are this year. They're mm. not always. I think that they they move around. around. Last mm-hmm. year, they were in Regina. We have to go out there and play. Oh, really? Yeah, the Breakout West Festival. Hmm. Get some new, new potential new listeners. Yeah, we've never played these industry style uh, things before. Do you guys? I mean, yeah, you've been around for a while. Do you? You play? You go on tour, put out albums, but you're not. Are you? You know, trying to, you know, get the word out about the mahogany frog. I think that we we try to the best of our abilities, but uh, none of us are very industry savvy, and none of us really relate to, you know, we don't really relate to uh, the the business end of things behind music, anyways. So, yeah. So we don't. Uh, I don't think that we really try to, you know. And and I th- I wish that we we did a little bit more. I wish that we applied for more grants, and I wish that we. We uh, did go out and, you know, apply, uh, like, try to apply for these these festivals a little bit more. But I mean, we've played like Pop Montreal a couple times, and it's and it's the same as anything else. You play a, a show, in a club, you know. There, it, the only difference is that there's like a million other shows happening at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I I don't know. Yeah, I, we are trying to put ourselves out there, but I think for us the important thing is just making good records, mm-hmm. having fun shows. You know, I think that uh, in the in the kind of more of a, a slow burn philosophy, like we're m- kind of doing it for ourselves as opposed to trying to make a career out of it. Yeah. Because you know? I, I think like the, the way, like the way that I view music and, and in trying to make music into a, into a career, I think you're sort of at risk of of uh, almost sacri- like sacrificing the actual art form, you know. Like, I, like to me, it's a whole other mindset in a way, or you have to put on a different hat in order, unless you can pay to hire someone else to take care of all the whole business end of it and not have to worry about it. Yeah, and then even even if you can, if you're if you're staying very true to your kind of artistic vision, then you're you're gonna end up having to spend your entire life on the road trying to trying to make uh, enough cash to live you know so you're like going to be touring for the rest of your life mm-hmm. which sounds like fun but i mean uh, if you want to have say like a, a functional relationship with somebody that you love or you want to have a home cooked meal or you want to have like a garden or something like that you know yeah. <laughs> it's, it seems like uh, i don't know like i, I don't really want to live my life in a van I, but i i, I don't want to quit music i want to keep making records mm-hmm. Like I love recording. I love playing nice big shows. What do you do in Winnipeg when you're not uh, playing playing music? 
Well, I've mostly just been cooking at restaurants and stuff, and now, uh, like, it, it became a little bit more apparent that uh, I'm not going to be a rich and powerful rock and roll star playing instrumental psychedelic music, you know? So uh, now I'm in Red River College. Nice. Taking the graphic design program. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty hard. Haven't been to school since 1997, and everyone in the uh, in my class is very, very young. Yeah, <laughs> I thought about yeah, I thought about that too. If I ever went back to school, it'd be you'd have to put, you know there'd be the uh, initial shock of like, oh shit, there were some really young kids in here. Yeah, 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 and it's full time. You know, like you can't have a job, you can't really do anything but think like worry about school. So it's. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I find myself uh, f- becoming estranged from my friends, and uh, you know, I I think it's just going to be a a blip in my life. Mm-hmm. It'll be like two, three years, and then hopefully I'll be able to make some money doing something other than working an entry level position in a restaurant or a some construction job. Or yeah, because like to me like visual art you know like i like commercial art i like i like uh logos and i like mm-hmm. uh like a you know I, I think like laying stuff out for for a website would be like kind of cool mm-hmm. but i can't possibly fathom making pop music you know so i'd rather like use visual art to pay for music as opposed to the other way around mm-hmm. yeah that's smart there is a point where you kind of get to uh, this area that you're I don't know I guess I've realized that too that you know folk band is not going to make a lot of money yeah and like I don't really want to play other music that's not the music that we're playing so like, I like playing the music we're playing so I guess I'm going to find another job, but there is like, I would also like to be getting paid professional wages. Yeah. So I think that's great that you're going to Red River and, and doing that. So, and that's also artistic too. Graphic design is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like my other <coughs> talent or whatever. Do you do other design stuff anyway? Like art and... Like not not very much. Like I did a you know our our last album or two, like the covers. Oh yeah, and uh, that's cool. Like I've always noticed your art actually on the albums. So that was good. Yeah, nice. But it you know like it <laughs> takes it takes a long time. Like I I s- kind of stopped doing art when I you know when I started playing music basically. So this graphic design stuff is is like pulling teeth for me. Mm. I really have to uh, struggle to conjure up the inspiration. I have to do a weekly sketchbook assignment and do three drawings every week. That's oh, yeah. just like on top of all our other assignments. Mm. Fuck, it's hard, man. Is there, are there like limitations or like, you know, how, what constitutes like you having done a drawing in the sketchbook? Sometimes it's sort of pre-assigned. Okay. And then other times it's just like an open thing. Yeah, okay. Draw a picture of Jonathan with triangle arms. <laughs> yeah. 
Like I could I could potentially pitch a loaf on the page mm -hmm. and then put like some raisins in it. Hands on a log. Some people <laughs> some people can do that and sell it for a million dollars. Yeah. Not, I don't think I could sell it for very much. No. Well, it depends. Maybe in 30 years, you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people, don't throw that out. Yeah, <coughs> hang on to it. That's my career aspiration is that I can pitch a loaf on a page, put some raisins in it, and sell it for a million dollars. Like you'd have to, like if you did that once a year, you'd get a million bucks every year. Wow. Yeah, you could. I mean, you, you, it could be. I mean, it could be year in year in the making, right? Like you could. Just eat sushi for a whole year. <laughs> <laughs> Pitch a loaf. They call it the sushi. The One sushi night project. in Calgary. <laughs> sashimi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you guys ever had um, sushi with fish from here or sashimi? Like Whoa. pickerel sashimi? I have not. Or even like up north having char sashimi or... There's lots of fish in Manitoba. Yeah. I don't know why I people don't. I have had don't. some Arctic char, just sort of raw or whatever. That's that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I, I think it was smoked, mm. smoked char. Yeah, I did have. I think I had Arctic char in, in Churchill at one point, but not not rolled <coughs> with rice and seaweed. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder why more restaurants don't do that. Cause we got a pickerel fishing industry here. Yeah. Put some like. Smoked gold eye in one of those. I also wonder about the the rawness of freshwater fish, if it's maybe not so good. Maybe that's part of the reason. I did find out, actually, this totally relates to sushi. Um, <laughs> <coughs> what is it, the gomai salad? Have you guys had gomai? Yeah. It's, uh, it's seaweed. Kind of like when you cook it, I guess it gets translucent. And um, pretty delicious. It like I guess you can get it as a side in between in sushi. transparent and opaque. Right. Exactly. And uh, it's green. And um, I was at the at Falcon Lake, and I was like, "Well, there's there's seaweed everywhere here." Like, I wonder if I can. Just like make sushi, like you know, grind it up and then press it into nori, and you know, or make myself a gomai salad. And I looked it up. Freshwater seaweed is almost all toxic. Whoa, poisonous. And almost all uh, marine seaweed. I think you can eat something to do with the salt as a as a filter. Unnatural, like. Huh. So don't try to make sushi out of Manitoba seaweed, like I almost did. Whew. Good thing you looked it up. But is it, would it be more toxic than, say, like, eating a hit of acid? Because sometimes people do that all the time. Different, well... Different kinds of toxicity. It'd probably be less hallucinations... More less fun, more diarrhea, <laughs> and more diarrhea, more puking. Maybe not more. It depends on the person, I guess. But generally, more probably. Would it be more toxic than, say, a uh, a, a processed, pre-packaged uh, 
you know, fish stick. Mm. Or possibly like a, you know, like a Big Mac from McDonald's. I think you're talking about the difference between acute and chronic toxicities. Oh, I see. So like if fish you stick is probably more chronic when you're old, toxicities would build up and cause you for some some sort of pancreatic cancer or I don't know. So if it's a one, a one time it. thing. It's very it's a sudden Yeah, like you could do experience. it. And if you survive it might be worth it, I guess. You know, one time uh <laughs> one time I drank poison. My uh, my ex girlfriend's uh mother made homemade wine, Kathleen von Stalin. And she bottled it in plastic two-liter uh, pop bottles. But she also kept the uh, wine carboy sanitizer in plastic uh, plastic two-liter pop bottles as well. So I came home one time, saw it on the counter, and uh, took a couple big schlugs, you know, mm-hmm. like three full sort of swallows of this, uh, <laughs> of, of the sanitizer. And I realized... Uh, after yeah. after drinking three three swallows full that it that wasn't <laughs> wine, so I so I immediately uh, found the label, found the box of this of this powder, and it said right on the label, uh, "Do not ingest mm-hmm. poison if ingested phone phone poison control." So I uh, found the phone book, and I f- right at the front of the phone book is a poison control man. So I phoned it, and um told them that I drank poison <laughs> yeah. and they uh, and they said that they'd phone they asked me for the name of the chemical and I gave it to them and then they said okay we'll phone you back and they and I waited for like 10 minutes Oof. <laughs> and then they phoned poison control phone back and told me that that I should drink lots of water mm. No and not to induce vomiting. I, say, yeah. mm. <laughs> I think I would probably, I would have just induced <laughs> before even phoning, but yeah. made it out okay. Did you get sick? I had like a bit of a sore stomach for, for a couple minutes. Was it worse than if you drank the wine? No, like the wine was probably much more poisonous <laughs> than the... <laughs> <laughs> that gosh darn rosé that she made all the time. Uh to be mixed. <laughs> Alright, why don't we get into another t- uh, tune here? You know, wanna before we... I want to play one of these ones from the Akira soundtrack. Yeah, oh yeah, we're going to... Okay, we're not sure of the name yet, unless it'll ring a bell when you see it. No, it probably won't. I, I think we should sort of give give them all a little bit of a listen before we... Okay, well, dear listener, uh, we're going to uh, play a song off the Akira soundtrack here. And uh, just to let you know, it's going to be either Battle Against Clown, (laughs) Dolls Polyphony, Exodus, Delusion, Kanida, Mutation, Requiem, Shumyu, Tetsuo, or Winds Over Neo Tokyo.
like all the like wormy things that I guess the director kind of uses all the time. Yeah. It's like strange worm demons. Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> what what movie are you talking about? Uh, I don't know the director's name, but like Spirited Away and. Oh yeah, Princess yeah. Mononoke, those big weird like boars that have those little wormy demons. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty terrifying. That would give me nightmares if I was a kid, for sure. Or something. Yeah. Steam Boy? Have you ever seen Steam Boy? No. It's like, like it's all steam-powered, crazy uh, machines and lots and lots of weird sort of perspective-y demolition of cities and machines and stuff. It's awesome. Hmm. Steam Boy. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so we ended up going with the song, uh, Battle Against Clown. Yeah. First, first one from the Akira soundtrack. It was bitchin', hey? Oh, very, very cool. We kind of were previewing all the songs and it's a, it's a pretty intense soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of makes me want to get into Foley. Like, uh, recording sounds for movies. Like a Foley artist is just is somebody who records sounds. Like the footsteps? Yeah, footsteps or a door creaking or yeah. somebody's bone breaking by cracking a cucumber in half or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, would have been inter- interesting back when they used to have like sort of dramas live to radio. Because uh, they would have had, uh, I can't remember, it might have been a song that I was playing on the podcast, but I was reading about like how in order for this like setting like this kitchen scene there was basically like a kitchen setup in studio you know this person is sort of rattling around a, a teaspoon and a teacup for stirring in some some sugar and stuff and yeah you'd have like almost a virtual little you know scene where mm. someone is pretending to do all the things that the people are talking about yeah <laughs> that sounds like fun or yeah and then you have those shoes that are just attached by sticks and you go <laughs> walk them yourself or you could just be like the guy from uh, Police Academy and do them all with your voice <laughs> you feel like you're outside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah I certainly did <laughs> I was swept away there for a second yeah I've been practicing my Foley art <laughs> the white throated sparrow. Mm. That's a morning dove. Mm. Can you guys do a raven? <laughs> Some good ravens. <laughs> it's a natural inborn thing to be able to do a raven call for. a lot of times ravens just sound like dudes yeah yelling dudes yelling <laughs> what does sushi sound like have you guys ever done uh, a lot of like tropical snorkeling doing a bit a little bit you guys ever notice that uh, you know if you're in a coral reef 
And there's all these tropical fish, and they, they feed on the uh, this the little plankton and stuff mm -hmm. uh, that's growing on all these you know every like all these. Uh, so you have like t like thousands of fish around you that nibbling are nibbling away. and nibbling, and if you and if you hold still, you can hear. Yeah, you can hear the nibbling. Yeah, it's like a little crackling coming through the uh, through yeah. the water. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine for some, fi uh, I don't know if some fish can like hear really well, but like you know, there's a lot going on down there. Yeah. And I, I might have even learned this listening to the thing on Ryan Clad. I'm not sure. Like whales. No, I was listening to a piece on like how noise pollution, like with giant, you know, ships going across, how it, like messes things up for whales, which would have just they can communicate across you know r ridiculous amounts of space but as soon as there's other noises sort of mm. from giant ships in the way then it distorts it and they can no longer do it but like yeah like the sound just travels and travels if you have the right frequency uh, hearing to pick it up a lot going on down there that was a Mitch Hedberg joke if uh if fish could talk and you like stuck your head in the water all you hear was ah fuck because there's so many fish being eaten all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try some uh, Manitoba sushi, I think. How? You're going to make it? Yeah, I think I'm going to have to make it. Cool, I'm in. I might Is do it with something cooked or smoked first. Rather, you know, We'll see. Might have to make a little, like a rice a little rice patty in your backyard here. Grow, grow oh, some rice. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Wild rice. Wild rice is in Manitoba. Yeah. Wild rice sushi. That ever happened? I don't. I don't think that's ever happened. And instead of instead of seaweed, you could use like oak leaves. Mm-hmm. We've got some grape leaves growing nearby. Actually, there's people who, um, in the back of my parents' house, they have like there's there are vines just growing like on a fence. And, you know, we lived there for decades. People would just come unannounced, these ladies, and pick all the big leaves off to make some sort of food with. Grape, grape leaf wrapped uh, little uh, yeah. Greek things and yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I could, I could maybe use some of those. Yeah, I think the Manitoba sushi is basically just Ukrainian cabbage rolls. Halchi. <laughs> 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 Yeah. yeah, I love to. Yeah, just cut up halibut into uh, bite-sized pieces. <laughs> yeah. Next episode, halibut. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, this has been uh, an episode of Witch Witch Police Radio. Uh, my guests have been Jesse Workington of Mahogany Frog, and Jesse Matus of the Crooked Brothers. Uh, if you want to check out other episodes, you can go to www.witchpolice.com and click on the podcast button. You can also find us on UMFM every Monday night at 11 p.m. And if you go on there, I think you can might be able to check out past episodes. So if you want uh, a Witch Police Radio episode in a one-hour format, that's, that's the way to go. Uh, do you guys have anything you wanted to let the people know about or plug? Or anything like that? I mean, <coughs> have you guys ever been to uh, BMC Tacos in South Osborne? Yes. Some bitchin' tacos for all you listeners out there. Ooh. 
Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. I haven't been there before, so. Yeah. I'd like to second that. So good. Three tacos for five bucks. Nice. And real, like real good tacos. Mexican style. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between Mexican and sort of Americanized style taco? Love. Small. Mm. They're small. Yeah. Soft. Simple. You yeah. Know, there's nothing to them. Yeah. I always wonder why, like, how a Mexican restaurant could possibly be expensive because you can see, you know exactly what's what you're getting at that, you know, in a taco or in a burrito. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always figure if I can make it at least as good or sometimes better on my own, why would I go to a restaurant? But, well, I don't make tacos ever, so. Superboy's Burgers. Have you yeah. ever been there? No, I, I haven't so. even heard of that one. I think that they're the best burgers in Winnipeg. Really? I think that they're better than, than VJ's, and they're better than Red Top. They're better than Dairy Whip, and they're better than Mrs. Mike's. North of Higgins on Main, maybe about uh, two kilometers north of the train tracks. Hmm. Superboys. Superboys. I think I can picture it. I can picture their sign right now. It's a white sign with red letters, and it's it's yeah. kind of swoopy. Swoopy, yeah. And do the letters interchange from like black to red, or something? I, you know, I, maybe there's black and red, but I maybe not. <coughs> it's all quite subjective. These burgers, but uh, yeah, it's easy to like. I've been with someone when they exclaimed that they were at that moment having the best burger that they'd ever had in their life. And it's easy to get, you know, carried away by a really good burger. But if you've, you know, been to all these other places, and you get to cross-reference it, you know. Like a, lot of, a lot of times you're, like, there's different styles of burgers. And, and for me, kind of that, that Greek uh, fat boy style, like, chili burger that's so popular here in Winnipeg, Superboys, is, mm-hmm. is the best one. Mm. The other ones are all really good, too, though. Yeah, that is a good burger different kinds though you know the uh the the burger at um the elephant castle pub it's freaking delicious has onion rings on it and stuff the big kahuna burger at the king's head Mm, i've had that one it's good yeah can choose your cheese you can put like jalapeno habarti on there yeah i went to a burger place in chicago the guy butchered the cows in the back (laughs) (laughs) that was phenomenal wow <laughs> this like I don't know the meat tasted new and fresh it was it was a different different thing altogether in burger eating mm-hmm. and they had like crazy toppings like I don't even know sushi top sushi yeah yeah they had like a oh I'm gonna get a, on a little tangent about uh <laughs> Warning. Um, Tubby Dog in Calgary. Yeah, you do you like that? I really like the uh, the Atomic. No, not the Atomic Dog. The uh, the Sumo Dog, which is uh, it's like seaweed and uh, pickled ginger. And I think that in pickled ginger, it's just a colorant that turns it pink, right? It's not like something that happens in the pickling process. 
it's another important aspect of sushi we haven't well, touched on is wasabi it, and ginger true yeah. and like yeah like the like if you eat just like raw ginger it's you know it's like a punch in the face ginger is really strong yeah the pink stuff you can just snack on it like it's mm-hmm. very edible so i wonder if it like it's maybe it tames it a little bit i don't know yeah, but why is it pink like that? Why is it pink? They dye it. I don't think it's it's not a good thing. Because if you if you sort of like soak and cook a piece of ginger, it stays. It'll stay sort of yellowish. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. We didn't. I didn't do my sushi homework. Like I don't know why it's pink. It's like <laughs> cheddar <laughs> cheese, probably. Why yeah, is it yellow? It because they color. dye it because because it's it looks yellow. More. Yeah, more edible. Like that did happen with butter, or no? When margarine, when when companies first tried to market margarine, and they just didn't really color it, they just kind of put it out as it was. No one bought it, and then they started giving it a yellow color, and it looks, you know, a little better. Man, mm-hmm. remember margarine? Hey, like yeah, it sure was popular <laughs> during my childhood. Country yeah, growing crock. up, for sure. Yeah, I can't believe it's not butter. The doubles was like double stirred. <laughs> Or something. Yeah. Double churned margarine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know too many people who who use margarine other than no. restaurants. Because I, I, know, I know a lot of people who really like butter. For buttering toast in restaurants. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think I'm glad. I'm glad that butter's back. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have such a bad reputation anymore. Mm-hmm. People know that it's like like it's good right yeah it's good i mean you don't want to eat too much butter but you know i had a sandwich <coughs> yesterday and i uh left my butter in the in the fridge so you can't really spread it on very well so i so i sliced off like slices of butter and put it on my sandwich <laughs> yeah just like another topping mm. and it was good mm. my grandfather died of cl- clogged arteries Was it butter, or just a combination of buttery things? I don't know. I come from a uh, a long sort of uh, lineage of of high cholesterol sort of people. You know, my my mom's Ukrainian, mm-hmm. and my uh, my father comes from a Mennonite upbringing. So, like the Mennonites are notoriously uh, a cr- a cream and dough sort of people, mm-hmm. and um, like really the Ukrainians are too. What's that dish with the, the like kind of doughy sticks that uh, uh, you pour Rogers corn syrup on and yeah, water roll cooking. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, Rogers golden syrup. Yeah, it's a pretty weird dish, hey? Like, I mean, they eat it with <laughs> watermelon. It's teamed up with, with watermelon. watermelon yeah, I've never <laughs> had this. This is all new to me. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the classic, uh, one of the classic Mennonite dishes. Hmm. It's not. It ain't no sushi. No. Um, well, we haven't. Do we have a last track selected? Um, a reference point here. What else is on there? You want to play some? Uh, want to play some uh, Guitar Wolf? It's a Japanese punk rock band from the 1980s. That sounds promising. Okay, we've got the album Lover Rock on here. Let me play some uh, some Guitar Wolf. Yeah. What about the last track? Let's see what they ended the album with. Ooh, okay. Yeah, the closer. 17 tracks on this album. 
Yeah, they're all pretty darn uh, short. And brief. And all noisy. right. All right. Sounds good. Let's check out uh, Black Rock and Roll by Guitar Wolf. Thanks for tuning in, folks. So long. Sayonara. Sayonara. Sushi Ramas. <laughs>